tuning in to the Use Guys and That podcast. You can find us across all podcatchers, and our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is at UseGuysPod. Email us at info at useguyspod.com or useguysandthat at gmail.com. You can find our entire podcast library at useguysandthat.podbean.com. You can also listen to us on youtube.com, search for Use Guys and That podcast, you can also listen to us on bitshoot.com forward slash channel forward slash use guys pod. You can also listen to us on lberry.tv forward slash at use guys pod. And we're also on subscribestar.com forward slash use guys pod. And while you're at it, you can also check out our very own website. That's useguyspod.com. On there, you'll find links to all of our shows. We also have a lovely merchandise section, so if you would like to support the show, you can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs for yourself or loved ones. And Jay has also compiled a lovely suggested reading list, which I suggest you check out for educational purposes. You can also support us at our Patreon, and it's patreon.com forward slash useguyspod. We only have one tier available, and you can support us for only $2 a month. On there, we have exclusive B-Sides content that we have. That's never going to get released to the public. That is for our Patreon subscribers only. And we currently have hours and hours of content on there for your listening pleasure. And there is also a chance for a new subscriber to win a t-shirt. So go ahead and if you choose to support us, you get a chance to win that t-shirt. And you can also find our Twitter handles, our personal Twitter handles. Um, Jay is at Jay Colo, and That's J-A-Y-C-O-L-E-A-U. Angel is at Angel underscore Soundgirl, and that's A-N-G-E-L underscore S-O-U-N-D-G-I-R-L. You can find myself, uh, Chris G. I am at The Bloodletting, spelled just like it sounds. And you can also find our additional host, Brian. You can find his handle at Brian P789. And just as a reminder, the show handle is at UseGuysPod. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming to join us today. Uh, we have a great conversation lined up. A friend of the podcast has uh, joined us once again, uh, Mr. Jeremiah Harding. Uh, I thank you again for coming on to the show. Lou, I'm b- uh, back to make people sad and paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> well, we welcome that. So. Yes, we do. Uh, and let that be everybody else's welcome. Uh, we want to get into we got a lot of good topics today to talk about, but let's get started first right away with this um, this fascist labeling. 
uh, as right wing nut jobs of Ryan Teeter and Ivan Hunter. I know that uh, that uh, you had some notes that you wanted to talk about that. So let's get into that first. So okay, <clears throat> a while back, um, there was uh, an incident allegedly. Like nobody's proven this shit. That was okay. First thing is I have a tendency to to start at the end because I've already my file system has already like recorded all this information, but I got to start at the beginning, beginning here. Um, so the, the way I was connected with, uh, with, with these two stories is first off, Ryan Teeter, um, was one of the people, uh, that, that, that was panned as meal team six because they were in subway armed and not wearing masks. Um, and everybody accused, including like, 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 uh, what's that that bitch's name who who had like Donald Trump's head cut off in that picture, and everybody Kathy was all Griffin. controversial. Kathy Griffin, yeah, yeah. she she uh, include was included in a uh, vast group of pe- people, and I think she was the inciting incident in this regard. Who called Ryan Teeter specifically a um, a fascist? One of these uh, MAGA people. Couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, Ryan is LGBT, left libertarian. He supports armament of minorities and um, and and like sexual like uh, minorities especially. He wants to get people uh, on board with the idea of revolution so that when the time comes, they can be active toward the cause of a more equal and free and fair world. You can find this out by going to literally anything he's ever done, um, including his his Twitter, uh, Ryan Teeter 98. Just don't check the people talking to him uh, because like, despite being very publicly known as a left libertarian, um, despite having all the information available publicly included in, including uh, being covered as a left libertarian by outlets like CNN. Um, he was arrested not too long later on charges, keep in mind, charges, not like official um, fucking uh, proof. No, no proof has been presented to the American people, uh, but charges of uh, conspiracy with Hamas. Uh, to try to sell them armaments um, and that is that part of it is so ridiculous because apparently uh, the, uh, like the whole thing was entrapment if anything and the the only Hamas person that they spoke to was a US government employee um, working for I think the FBI if I remember correctly so basically they got him to think working with Hamas was okay and then they got him to think selling arms to this alleged Hamas person was okay. That is if you even believe their story, which I don't. I think the whole thing is probably bullshit. Um, but in, in the end, uh, <laughs> what uh, what we're dealing with is a left libertarian who, at, at the least charitable explanation, uh, thought that Hamas would be a valuable partner to work with in uh, the destabilization of the U.S. Now, let me be real clear here. Um, the U.S. does this shit all the time and is in no ethical position to talk down to people who do it. The U.S. is a big fan 
of regime change. The U.S. plays kingmaker and uh, uh, destabilizes whatever country they have to in order to push their economic regime and their bullshit global hegemony. Um, and when it, when it comes down to it, they're not afraid to get their hands dirty in that regard. So the question is whether or not we get our hands dirty in the same way. I'm not going to say like what we should do in that regard because that's a potential violation of the Smith Act and I don't want to go to uh, forever jail. So I'm going to be real vague here and say that um, the, uh, the, the actions that people take in that regard are very much up to them. Um, but it still did not change him into a right libertarian. Um, yet all these <laughs> news outlets ran with it. They called him a rightist with no evidence. They said he was right wing despite him being a left winger. Um, and despite him being willing to work with all stripes of anarchist, which is why we're mutuals on Twitter. Um, so that happened. And then not too long later, um, I was in a group message with Ivan Hunter. Um, and he was saying things like, you know, uh, like, like if they get me, which they, they, they probably will, um, you know, if, 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 if you don't hear from me again, it was like an honor knowing y'all and shit like that. And we, we all thought he was about to do something, but what apparently happened, and this is just allegations. Cause I don't know yet was that he was at the Minneapolis protests. And he is the reason that, you know, this is what they're saying, not reality. Cause nobody's the only reason for anything. He's the reason the, um, the fire and uh, rioting started at the Minneapolis police department. So uh, he, he apparently like the, the charges that they're giving him um, not necessarily reality, but the charges that they're giving him for sure uh, are that he opened fire with an AK 47 on a fucking police station on that police station and that he incited a riot. Oh, wow. Uh, and so uh, this guy is an anti-democracy, but also anti-fascist uh, bottom unity guy. He supports jo Joe Jorgensen, and he's a an avowed libertarian. He's not a fascist. And so um, the news outlets all ran with Boogaloo Boys, right wing, white supremacist, nationalist, evil, evil, evil. And they called him this despite no evidence of him being that. And despite, like, his Twitter is public. You can find his Twitter. I know his Twitter because we're mutuals and because I've had some good conversations with him. He's not fascist. But everybody can call these people that because, like, as I said in, in, a, in a tweet not too long ago, People with no argument would soon assign someone a label by which their ideas, no matter how sound, can be discarded to the applause of their social group. And thus begins the slow degradation of human intellect to nothing but overt name-calling and thinkers reduced to children. Um, so that's what's happening. And specifically, I assume you will also want to talk about the guy that I backed off because he, uh, <laughs> he has the audacity to say that anybody... 
who like <laughs> anybody who's opposed to democracy is fascist. Yeah. <laughs> and so my response to this guy was uh, to quote a long list. Uh, well, sorry, not really long. That's not fair. Three uh, prominent left anarchist thinkers um, who are definitely not fascist in what uh, their impression of democracy is. So I'll just read those quotes. Uh, this quote is from, uh, from Bakunin, Mikhail Bakunin. Uh, what is freedom? What is slavery? Does man's freedom consist in revolting against all laws? We say no, insofar as laws are natural economic and social laws, not authoritatively imposed, but inherent in things, in relations, in situations, the natural development of which is expressed by those laws. We say yes, if they are political and juridical uh, laws imposed by men upon men, whether violently by the right of force, whether by deceit and hypocrisy in the name of religion or by any doctrine, whatever, or finally by dint of the fiction, the democratic falsehood called universal suffrage. Um, and I said, Mikhail Bakunin distinguishes himself from many other leftist activists of his day by rejecting the state as a mode of social change. Uh, and he was no fascist. Disagreeing with Marx isn't fascism. I then quoted uh, Proudhon, uh, who wrote the basically mutualist Bible. And um, I, like, I quoted him as saying, the nation, so long a victim of monarchical selfishness, thought to deliver itself forever by declaring that it alone was sovereign. But what was monarchy the sovereignty of one man what is democracy the sovereignty of the nation or rather the national majority but it is in both cases the sovereignty of man instead of the sovereignty of the law the sovereignty of the will instead of the sovereignty of the reason in one word the passions instead of justice undoubtedly when a nation passes from the monarchical to the democratic state there is progress because in multiplying the sovereigns, we increase the opportunities of the reason to substitute itself for the will. But in reality, there is no revolution in the government, since the principle remains the same. Now, we have the proof today that with the most perfect democracy, we cannot be free. Proudhon. And I said, uh, PJP distinguishes himself similarly in saying democracy is simply an extension of old status tendencies, also not fascist. And then I quoted um, uh, Malatesta in saying, democracy is a lie, it is oppression, and is in reality oligarchy. That is, government by the few to the advantage of a privileged class. But we can still fight it in the name of freedom and equality, unlike those who have replaced it or want to replace it with something worse. Um, and my comment there was Malatesta was also not fascist, rather a critic of everything fascists stand for, and a staunch advocate of freedom. So why should anyone take you seriously when your non-consensus, when you take non-consensus with Marx as fascism? It's good to be anti-democracy. He had precisely zero arguments for any of this. The closest he got was um, was some articles written by some some scholars insinuating that uh, that what was it? Um, <laughs> that um, Proudhon was the harbinger of fascism because of some of his ideals and the fact that he didn't uh, outright say that property was, like, you know, non-existent. 
Um, and so, uh, because of that, apparently he gets to be proto-fascist because, uh, Bakunin, uh, had some, some qualms with the Jews, uh, which so did Marx, by the way, he was a rabid anti-Semite and, um, a rabid racist in a variety of other regards. Absolutely. Um, and uh, so, so if that makes somebody a fascist, then literally the majority of leftists and also the a- anyone that they've influenced in the neoliberal hellscape we call America these days, um, and anyone they've influenced uh, would also be fascist. Um, so he called Bakunin um, fascist because of some of his uh, ideas there and because, I guess, Wagner... Um, also wrote an orchestra uh, about <laughs> uh, about his particular views of Aryan races triumphing, and um, and like this was like laid on the shoulders of Bakunin for next to zero reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so I read like all the information. That's honestly one of the reasons I'm late. I read all the information that th- that this guy gave me. And none of it proved that any of these people specifically were fascist. Um, and he kept on also, like, he called me a fascist, like, seven times. Um, so oh, I just, God. I kind of, I, I, I don't like the idea that anybody who doesn't have a very narrow view of not only democracy, but, like, <laughs> like the way society can be, like, guided i guess would be a good word for that um is a fascist um I, I i don't like that not only because it's fucking bullshit but because the uh the natural conclusion of that is literally everyone is a fascist but a select few they must all be purged because they're fascists and th- therefore the only people who should survive post purge are my people that's fascism like that i mean it's it's not entirely fascist because obviously like there's there's planks of like capital merging with the state and you know the the anti minority sentiment but if you create a new minority and a new tyranny of a new majority you're no better than the fascists absolutely no question about it i find it funny how uh does that by by this person's rules does that make marx a fascist since he argued for a literal dictatorship i mean I mean, if we're going to play this game, why not? Well, and see, that's the thing. He wouldn't confront that idea, and he just, uh, like, cast it aside saying, like, you know, oh, I, I, you assume I support Marx or I'm a Marxist or whatever. Nobody brought up Marx, but that's clearly where he was going because he was using terms like petty bourgeoisie, and that was basically, like, <laughs> Marxist. Like, so the whole the whole notion that because... Uh, somebody um, doesn't 100% agree with you, they're a fascist or a communist in the case of... Because I still have helicopter Twitter fucking salivating about me. And literally, this guy named uh, Chicago Liberal on... Um, uh, uh, Mizizian in Chicago on Twitter. Uh, he... Or not in Chicago, whatever. Mizizian in Chicago... He's like this 18-year-old who still thinks he who already thinks he knows everything and he's trying to literally get the libertarian party to cancel me. He's uh, he 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 put out a call to arms saying that 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 I need to be stopped that I've crossed one line too far 
all because I used somebody's name um, that they use publicly as well. Um, so, so like, I, I have a variety of detractors, and I'm not saying, like, there aren't people on the other side doing this as well, because, to be completely frank, they're the ones who've done it to me the most. But the fact is that both sides suck. And, you know, uh, I'm not being remotely centrist by saying this, because both sides suck because of their authoritarianism. And a lot of people who call themselves libertarians are actually authoritarian if you scratch below the surface a little bit. And a lot of people who are of overt authoritarians, like this guy, uh, don't even need a mask for it. So I, um, I, I've, I've been growing less and less patient with these people and more and more eager to just bash them until they stop breathing. Um, <laughs> it's effective I'm right which there course, with you I'm right there with you <laughs> which of course like I haven't done and I have no plans on doing but you know one can think one's thoughts yeah one sure can and uh, I find it funny that uh, yet again this is somewhere where I, I, I read that as I was reading this and, and then I saw the accusations of calling you a fascist and i'm like i have to talk to him about this because this is the most this is like so far today it's the largest flaming pile of horse shit and usually there are several large <laughs> several flaming i mean it's just piles upon piles of horse shit that's on fire but this one seems to be the largest tower of flaming horse shit that we found so far today <laughs> i just couldn't get over that and then to call mikhail bakunin a fascist i i i even had to take a step back and i said let me go through this real quick. Let me make sure that I understand what I'm fucking reading here from this idiot. That you're going to accuse one of the fathers of anarchism as being a fascist. In fact, he disagreed. Like, him and Marx hated each other. They didn't like each other because one was really a fascist and the other one really wasn't. It, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal today. Right. Well, and, and like, I've been accused of being fascist, like, probably thousands of points at this at this point. Um... And, like, one of the ways people have called me a fascist is by literally adding me to anti-fascist block lists where they're calling me one. Um, and one of them literally did... It's, this was pretty funny. One of them did it right before blocking me. And uh, what he, I guess, doesn't realize is that blocking somebody also removes them from all your lists. So, whatever. I mean, he had his tantrum. It was completely ineffectual, but... More power to him, I guess. Um, but the, like, it's been happening for years. Like, I'm even on a, a, a list of what are called alt furry, which means basically furry uh, alt rightists. And um, I am neither. Well, you know, pe people dispute whether or not I'm furry because all my Sonic shit. But you know, the 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 whole like idea of me being on the alt side, the alt right side of things when I literally spend a significant amount of my time going against fascism is uh, reasonably amusing to say the least. <laughs> so um, I always laugh at these people because they have no argument. They only have names and labels. They can't actually disprove me. So they have to go over like, you know, uh, like whatever insult they can try to apply to me. It's very, it's very grade school. It's very, you know, my dad could beat up your dad, and it's not really like <laughs> political discourse. I wanted to get into something else, too, while uh, we have you today, and that is uh, 
we I, I sent you, I originally wanted to talk to you about like what a, a Biden pres- presidency is going to bring to the country and uh that kind of ties into the uh to the next question like for example you know the ultra left if we're going to call them that have been calling for not police reform but for defunding the police and rightfully so i don't I, there's no argument here uh but when they find out that they've kind of thrown their support uh, and I'm not talking about left anarchists. I'm talking about, you know, actual, you know, leftists that you know, that still believe in using the system and using the state when they find out that they've elected essentially a Republican who doesn't like guns and a police officer to run their country. Uh, I, I, I think that it's going to their unity might fall apart or they may become, I guess, disenchanted with the movement. But something that a lot, including myself, and I appreciate you educating me on this, uh, about the donations, the campaign donations uh, for the Biden campaign uh, with the links to the military-industrial complex. I was hoping that you would please talk to us about that and elaborate on that. Okay, so um, I, I'm going to just read some stuff from an article I wrote for Agoras Nexus. Most people don't read my Agoras Nexus articles because most of them are pretty long. Um, but... I'm going to read the segment on um, on Greylock Partners, two paragraphs uh, of, of them, because uh, they, they have donated a significant amount to Kamala Harris. Um, when, and, and to give background here, uh, Agoras Nexus, the outlet I write for, was censored from Facebook uh, for no reason. The guy who founded the joint was banned from Facebook with no explanation and uh, no terms of service broken. He didn't break any rules, yet he was still censored, and ultimately uh, the outlet's page was removed along with a bunch of other Facebook pages, not the least of which was a many years old libertarianism Facebook page, which was um, like a a couple hundred thousand likes. So we, we basically lost hundreds of thousands of people's worth of reach um, in one day because uh, they they chose to censor us. So I wrote an, I wrote two articles. I wrote one, which is Facebook is not a private company, and two, which is uh, uh, Facebook is failbook. Here are some alternatives. Because I was very angry with the whole situation. So basically, the uh, <laughs> the the general idea was to expose all of Facebook's funding and to go over the fact that whether it was from the government, or from people adjacent to the government, um, it was all designed to serve the interests of the government. Um, And also the fact that they are basically used as a propaganda arm for the United States government through people like the Atlantic Council and, you know, a spying arm of the U.S. government through the use of the database that is Facebook um, by the CIA and by many other intelligence uh, apparatuses um to uh to like monitor people specifically you know like gauge their interests map their networks all that shit so one of the the people who donated to facebook um one of the institutions uh who who was involved with that uh i'll I'll read uh the the paragraphs that i wrote uh meet Greylock Partners. This venture capital firm was started by Bill Elfers, who used to be the number two employee at American Research and Development, the world's first venture firm designed to keep soldiers in business after World War II. 
Bill laid the groundwork for all venture capital to come and created the model so many firms now use. Since then, he threw money at Continental Cablevision, Teradyne, Prime Computer, Apollo Computer, Mentor Graphics, Tell Labs, Stryker, Ascend Communications, Zircom, Spyglass, Raptor, Red Hat, Avid Technology, Data Domain, Vertex Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Pharmaceuticals, United Healthcare, Genetics Institute, Wise Domain, sorry, not uh, Wise Technology, Constant Contact, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Zipcar. In 1999, he set up shop in Silicon Valley and noted the potential of the area, but still wanted Boston to be the HQ, saying the East Coast needs its own Silicon Valley and Boston should be it. So why is this specifically relevant? In 1971, a man named Howard Cox left the office of the Secretary of Defense and joined Greylock as one of the five original partners. He was responsible for 30 investments and was eventually presented this year um, with the Lifetime Achievement in Venture Capital Award from the National Venture Capital Ca uh, sorry National Ven Venture Capitalist Association. Running out of breath here. But that's not all this man was involved in, and for the past 20 years, he had also served with the investment committee of InQtel. InQtel, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm breaking off. Uh, InQtel is the venture capital arm of the CIA. It's literally CIA money funneled into um, uh, uh, businesses, and InQtel uh, was a heavy uh, supporter of Facebook. Uh, so just to get back to the article, that's right, the other two investors were partially empowered by this one. This one was behind at least part of the ability for both other parties to do what they did. So it should be no surprise to anyone that when Greylock threw money at Facebook to the tune of $25 million in venture capital, the round was also accompanied by Thiel, Peter Thiel, and Excel, Excel Partners, who I also went over in the article, and Meritech. By now, it should be obvious that the most prominent investors in Facebook's early years were directly affiliated with both the military and intelligence industrial complexes, respectively. And post 9-11, who wouldn't see dollar signs from a massive corporation with huge potential to get people to voluntarily share every piece of their life with the general public? The CIA wouldn't even need to spy on anyone, and the NSA would have an easy time picking up information because people would just put it out there for free. No investigations needed, no warrants, nothing required at all. And, sorry, just got a message, uh, blocked part of the screen. All they would need to do is look at what people have agreed to say for likes and shares. It's a match made in Warhawk heaven. So, with all that in mind, I'm done reading the, the fucking thing. Um, if if y'all want to read more about the, the Greylock partnership and also the general utility of Facebook and the reason it's definitely not private and certainly an arm of the U.S. government, uh, feel free to read that article. Um, but Greylock Partners is also uh, directly supporting the Kamala Harris campaign. And if you look into it... Uh, OpenSecrets.org is a reasonably good site because you can see that um, that Greylock Partners has sent um, the Republicans a huge amount of money, um, but they've also sent Democrats some money. Um, and in terms of uh, <laughs> in terms of their support, 
it always seems to go to people who will support the status quo. Um, and in this case, it, it appears they have uh, they have sent uh, two thousand to Kamala Harris. Um, but to be very specific, I think that uh, I, I think that they have also sent uh, more as part of a massive uh, funding round, um, <laughs> because uh, I think Harris supports the idea of Greylock Partners specifically. So um, let me pull this up. Uh, this is from the Mercury News. Harris, venture-backed startups point to the rise of the machines. This was in 2008. Uh, some people think Silicon Valley creates technology bent on world dominations. Movies like Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, play into human fears that tech has a dark side. Uh, silly humans. Rise of the Machines provides the context for today's tale of two startups. Precise of Redwood City is supposed to make our cold-blooded transactional machines work better. Meanwhile, Crossloop, based in Campbell, exalts the fuzzy-wuzzy human touch over the web. Um, and uh, Precise is like a Terminator sequel, a franchise with a new storyline hoping to be blockbuster. Truth is, the term startup is a stretch. The company was founded 18 years ago. It had an initial public offering in 2001 and was acquired in 2003 by Veritas, which in 2006 was acquired by Symantec, which sold Precise to the private equity firm Vector Capital in March. With $36 million in new funding from Vector Capital and Greylock Partners and a new management team led by Chief Executive Mark Kremer, a former Benchmark Capital partner and CEO of Broadbase, Precise is positioning itself as a new yet mature company. Now keep in mind, this is um, Greylock Partners supporting uh, tech startups um, that have been here forever because they suddenly feel like it's uh, beneficial. So that should tell you something. But also, uh, in general, uh, people should look at who these people uh, are supported by, which is generally the neocons and neoliberals who want to support the, the sort of new order. Um, and <laughs> if, if, if you look into what they support, they want anything that's okay with the surveillance state. They want uh, that sort of freedom to control your freedom. And when it comes to um, this particular instance, the question you asked me was, what would uh, like a Biden presidency look like? Which I don't think it's going to happen. I think they've already picked Trump. But what would a Biden presidency look like? Um, it, it would look like medical fascism. It would look like the military-industrial complex uh, raised up in the name of uh, preventing COVID spread, masks everywhere, and facial recognition being very common. And given the fact that facial recognition is uh, something else I've covered uh, in, the, in the form of um, the COVID uh, sort of epidemic being an excuse for contact-free bullshit and um, and a facial recognition super state where everybody's watched everywhere. Uh, the idea of basically a, a cop being vice president who was responsible for relatively draconian policies uh, against crime, proverbially, but not really against crime, really against poor people. Um, and also uh, Joe Biden. Um, Joe Biden is like hugely, 
hugely anti-crime to the point where he like was the law and order guy before law and order became like strongly used by Republicans. Um, and his, his anti-crime bills, even he's calling a mistake now because he can't avoid the consequences and he still has to seem liberal. So the fact that these two are being supported by venture capital like Greylock Partners should be of great concern. Uh, it should also be of great concern that like they're supported by a significant uh, amount of like other sort of like industrialists in this regard. So I would recommend people check out Kamala Harris's uh, Open Secrets page because it's real interesting. You look at Joe Biden's uh, Open Open Secrets page, you'll see a lot of PACs and you'll see a lot of, you know, like uh, advertisements of basically, you know, oh, we're just the the, the folksy kind of. <laughs> Um, kind of like old folks that you could have your family dinner with. We're all around the table. We're all good old boys. Um, but they don't talk about like the the vice president much because <laughs> when it comes to it, she has a, lawyers and law firms as her, the top industries of her her finance. Uh, retired um, Hollywood TV movies music. And then, like, all these b big money people raised, like, from what it looks like, millions of dollars for her campaign. Um, but, like, Walt Disney is there as well, like, if you look at it. And this is campaign spending from 2015 to now. Um, and and if, you, if you look, like, at the, the, the whole list here of people who've supported her... Um, Again, this is on Open Secrets, a very good site. University of California, um, Alphabet Incorporated, meaning Google, Walt Disney, uh, AT&T, um, the state of California, which of course, Comcast, um, Wells Fargo, Apple Incorporated, Stanford University, Microsoft, Amazon, um, and uh, Sony Corp. But also, if you look into it, Greylock Partners. So, like, she's basically getting a shit ton of help from every establishment person. And anybody who thinks they're going to get even remotely closer to a leftist paradigm by voting in a Biden campaign should probably look into that. Because they're basically endorsing the same corporations that support the current status quo. And the fact that Trump didn't need them doesn't mean he's not supporting them either, but at least he didn't need them. Right. Well, here's the question that uh, that I want to follow up with that. And this, all everything that you mentioned, we're going to be putting in the show notes so that our listeners can uh, take a peek for themselves. The uh, Nancy Pelosi has continuously brought up the 25th Amendment, and as far as I, I, you know, directing it at Mr. Trump. I, a lot of people feel that there's a possibility that this 25th Amendment is being invoked because it's going to be used not... Now, again, I understand that you disagree. You think that Mr. Trump is going to win, and that's fine. But let's you know, play devil's advocate and say that Biden does win. Do you feel that the 25th Amendment is going to be invoked so that you could find these people could finally get, you know, quote their first female president, and you know, all of their dreams are going to finally come true with this woman? Do you think that that's a possibility? If... If she's put in, because, you know, this is a selection, not an election. If they do put her in, um, 
then it's it's definitely plausible that, that that they would try to get the infirm and sort of like can't finish my sentences, can't pronounce words right. I call the proud boys the poor boys, and <laughs> and um, you know, uh, like it, it's very. It'd be very easy for them to say that he was incompetent relatively quickly and put in place their their favorite cop. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, like, however, I think they've spent too much money on their supervillain, and I think that really people aren't on Biden's side; they're on Harris's side. Um, so, I think w if anything uh, related to her, uh, I think they're probably priming her to be the um, the twenty twenty four candidate for the Democrat uh, ticket. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I guess we're going to find out one way or the other. Uh, do you think that these riots, uh, I know that Portland has enjoyed over 100 straight days of violence between people that are protesting and actually fighting the police in the street and all that stuff. Do you see uh, an uptick in, I, I personally think if Mr. Trump does uh, carry a win, that it's just going to inflame in the same spots that it's been burning. Like, you know, the embers are still there right now, and it's just waiting to, to come right back up. Do you feel that that is a, a great possibility that we're going to see and uh, even more violence in the streets, and then that's going to give the pretext for him to uh, really, you know, bring the hammer down on the people and whatever very few liberties are left? Um, well, I mean, it's certainly going to be that way. Um, like, because when Trump is back in, um, the the state is going to use all of its new toys because that's the thing. Like all these all these swamp drainer Republicans, all these people who allegedly want to drain the swamp, um, <laughs> they don't recognize that Trump has enabled and empowered the swamp in new and exciting ways. Not the least <laughs> of which is the fact that the COVID money went directly to the Pentagon. Um, so Trump has empowered the military industrial complex. He has allowed for the rise of the same sort of tyranny that exists in China in the U.S. with the RoboCop helmets uh, that, that I brought up last time. Um, and the general notion is that, um, that when it comes to uh, the, the tyranny that people don't like on the left, uh, Trump has done a good deal to empower that, so, so, so much so that when he's out of office and a leftist or li liberal more likely takes over, uh, he will like have given them so much more power. And that's why a bunch of people like th there was this one woman who, who <laughs> said that if there was going to be a dictator, she would want it to be Trump. Um, and wow. she said this in front of a group of Trump supporters who all cheered. Wow. <laughs> so that that's the mentality you're dealing with here because these people don't recognize that, this power is going to be transferred to another party at some point, and they just want Trump to be in forever so that they don't have to deal with that reality. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Angel brought something up to me uh, earlier today when we had a conversation, and it had to do with um, what was it about the the wearing of the mask? Uh, like you know, like there was this propaganda poster that some asshole put up 
where, you know, if somebody can wear a mask in Iraq, you know, for like 12 hours or 14 hours a day or some, some yeah, horse where, shit. where fucking sand is, okay? <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. But if they can do that, then you can wear one into Walmart. And she kind of, she got a hold of me and she kind of lost her mind a little bit because she's like, does everything have to be about the troops and the veterans? And uh, I, I, I see more and more of that. It's being applied to everything. I think once we got rid of Armistice Day, once again, I'm going to come back to World War One because that's what I do. Uh, once we got rid of Veterans Day, or excuse me, got Veterans Day and got rid of Armistice Day, which was an anti-war day, which where people were supposed to stop and say, you know, gee, we shouldn't fucking have you know a war where 16 million people die. And it's a really bad thing. But now everything is about about yeah. the troops about yeah, the veterans covid19 now belongs to the veterans just like every other day in america you go to a concert you know you got to thank the veterans they're the reason why you're at a concert like i just want to go to a concert and not mm -hmm. have to worry about the troops or the veterans or any i mean you know whatever i'm sorry if it offends people but it's like i don't you know can i just enjoy life like and then they, they even bring it into this sickness, you know, this COVID-19 <laughs> shit. It's like, how much more can the, the military and the troops and the veterans and whatever you want to label them as join into everyday life? Like, how, how can we include them more? Like, do we add them to toilets as well? I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> well, so the, the thing about it is... Uh, First off, a lot of these posts are basically virtue signals. They're not interested in having an actual discussion or any real solutions um, because the natural conclusion of that statement is that anything soldiers uh, have to endure, we should also have to endure, which means effectively if, if they endure bullets whizzing over their head, if they endure bombs being dropped near them, you should have to endure it too. And like all the, the, the natural conclusions, if they have to in, in, endure Gulf War Syndrome, if they have to endure PTSD, if they have to endure, um, you know, uh, radiation damage from depleted uranium, if they have to endure uh, sk uh, skin cancer from Agent Orange, if they have to endure all these things, you have to endure it too. And it's not wrong at all that we ask you to do it because or in you know more actual accurate terms um we demand that you do it at the barrel of a gun um because they did it so you can do it too well no they shouldn't have been over there they shouldn't have been doing it they shouldn't have been enduring it to begin with so the idea that that because they're in this high sand environment and they wear masks uh that we should have to as well um, first off, I grew up in the SoCal desert. I know how sand works, and I know that it can be uh, unbearable, especially when there's a sandstorm. And I know that uh, that they wear masks for, for that reason and also to keep the sun off their face. You need neither of those in Walmart. Right. Um, so the idea that this, ma th this mask isn't somehow in, like an obstruction to breathing, they would disagree. They would say, you know... Uh, yeah, it gets kind of bad after a while, and my face is caked with, 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 with dust from the uh, the moisture from my breath slowly building up, like the what whatever sand does get through there. And when I take off my uh, my mask, I have to wash my face and shit. Um, you know, like th they would say the same exact kind of thing. Um, like they would say it sucks, and 
you know, if, if I wasn't over there, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, so the idea that we should do it here, also the idea that, you know, because the virus has already hit everyone. That's the reason contact tracing is so laughable. The virus has already hit everyone. Whoever it's going to hit, it has hit. The only thing we're waiting for is for symptoms. Um, you know, that, that that's the reason why when the news wants to fear monger about this shit, they don't say like, oh, we, we've got all these these new infections. They say we've got new cases because people reported symptoms and came in and got tested or because people with no symptoms at all got tested uh, because they needed tests for their job or some shit. Um, you know, they say cases. They don't say deaths. They don't say massive injury. They say cases because they're not interested in the reality that, hey, uh, these cases uh, might not all be fa fatal. They might not all have, like, the terrible detrimental consequences that we would need in order to justify this police state. Um, so, like, when it comes to those sorts of posts where somebody's trying to justify the, that police state by saying, oh, X people, uh, like, can wear this, so you can too, that's not actually evidence of anything. That's, uh, like, you would have to prove that these people didn't have worse breathing. You would have to prove that these people didn't have brain damage or some shit. Um, and you would have to prove that these masks didn't have some sort of negative effect. The fact that somebody does something isn't proof it's good. Um, you know, also, I think the only one I've ever thought was funny even was uh, talking about furries and fursuits, but that's only because <laughs> that's much thicker fabric and they they actually kind of have an argument there. But even <laughs> yeah. then, furries need to take off their fucking suits every once in a while yes. or suffocate. Yeah. <laughs> they probably also need to shower, too, after a while, once, being yeah. that it's, you know, hot in there. Yeah. And, yeah. A little sticky, a little sweaty, which is fine. Whatever, teach their own. Uh, do you have anything that you're working on right now, Jeremiah, that you'd like to let our audience know about before we wrap up? Is there anything else you'd like to discuss today? Uh, well, I'm writing some shorter articles for Agris Nexus because um, basically the outlet has been censored uh, and the uh, the articles are shorter and um, and less pay. So if y'all want to boost what we're doing at Agris Nexus, feel free to donate to them um, and it'll go to all of the great authors there. Uh, if you just want to support what I'm doing, um, I'm doing various uh, various appearances on various shows. Um, I might be coming on this one like once a month. Um, and also I'll be uh, writing articles on my own site because I haven't been doing that enough. Um, but I also will be doing YouTube videos and generally things like that. And I have uh, two other things that are sort of side projects um, and one more if like Instagram will get off their ass about it um, that I'm going to be doing cooking videos at some point soon. Um, I'm already, and I'm already doing uh, video game streams on twitch.tv slash insanity is free. Um, and I'm also doing workout videos on Instagram at insanity is fit. So you can uh, feel free to check that out. And um, I'll be like doing basic technique videos that are uh, like a minute or less uh, until I get to about a thousand followers, at which point I'll start to do full workout videos. But basically, those are that—that's the kind of thing 
Um, and it's going to be done with uh, suspension trainers because almost nobody does workouts with suspension trainers, uh, which is what I use. So uh, since there's no resources for that, basically, I'm going to see if I can uh, if I can become a good resource for that. Um, but with all that, also, I'll be um, like at some point soon, probably after the election, I'll be uh, restarting my podcast, The Weekly Hellscape, so y'all can keep an eye out for that. It's an hour-long battering ram of negativity uh, that uh, that will be done every week uh, to wrap up the, the, the bad news. It's the anti-morning news show. It's uh, what you listen to in order to get angry. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, is there any are there any other plugs that you have like you've uh, your website uh, your personal website any of the bitshoot channels YouTube any of that stuff? Well, you can just find if if you want want to just generally find me. Uh, I I use a service called CoinTree, uh, which is a Naomi Brockwell service. Um, and what what it lets you do is it lets you have all your crypto donation links and whatever other donation links, but it also lets you have all your social media. So if people just want to find me places. That's a good way to do it. Uh, go to cointr.ee slash insanity is free, and you can just find all my bullshit there. Outstanding. Uh, Christopher Angel, do you have anything else before we wrap up? I do not know. Chris? I'm sorry, my fucking mic was off. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> no, no, nothing else for now. All right, excellent. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank uh, Jeremiah for coming on to the show. Uh, in closing, I would like to say a special shout-out once again to our international listeners from France, Australia, Spain, the U.K., Romania, Italy, Belgium, Brazil, Greece, Holland, Sweden, Finland, Canada, Poland, Germany, India, Russia, Portugal, Bulgaria, Croatia, Puerto Rico, and Argentina. And as always, to my boy Paul B. from B-Town, the great anarchist of B-Town, uh, we love you, and uh, he's been a supporter from minute one, and uh, we, we think he's fantastic. So thanks for the support, Paul. Uh, Jeremiah, it's always a pleasure to have you on. We look forward to speaking to you again in the future, sir. Sounds like a plan. Thank you for having me. Always, man. Everybody take care of yourselves. We will uh we will talk to you very soon. Okay. Bye. Peace. Bye. Me!